1: Might as well hear it today, because you won't be hearing it tomorrow, Scotty.
0: Ah, uh, go and get stuffed. We'll hear it. We'll hear it when they run out.
1: Yeah, uh, oh. <laughs> guaranteed to hear it at least once. Yeah, uh, Nick Maxwell joins us now, Scotty. He is the Premiership captain of 2010. Yes, was. Gavin he was. Brown, award winner four times. I don't know what that is, but it sounds good on a resume. College means captain. He
0: just awesome. Put his head over the nut and he just led the way. That's what it means.
1: All Australian team of 2009, and he was involved. And I just need to get the clarification. He is now, of course, the chief. Executive Officer of Eclat, Eclat, Eclair, Eclair Corporation. <laughs> hey Maxie, I just try to explain to Scotty a bit earlier in the show. I did some work for you, um, doing some sort of bobblehead thing where people were talking the players. Uh, Michael Walters, and I think Maddie Pettis might have been the other one. Uh, good morning. Can, I, it was, can you correct me if I'm wrong, or you are involved in something to do with that?
2: Morning, gents. Yes, absolutely. That was uh, going back a few years when I first came out of footy. I was working for. A, a company called the Promotions Factory for business development, and um, they did about 20 years prior the the, uh, the booney doll, you know, the old booney dolls. Um, and we decided to do a uh, an AFL version. So we we actually had all the microchips timed in where um, we recorded the players' actual voices, and they jump in. So. Uh, just before West Coast were about to play, Maddie Prentice would go, righto, flick on the TV. I'm about to have another 30 and, um, yeah, things like that. So it was, uh, yeah, a pretty successful program. It was a great experience doing it. But,
0: um, actually, you are. You, you're like a young Richard Branson. You were in your, in your day there, just a little entrepreneur. But, but that one's got that one's got selling them out of the boot of your car at the Pran markets all over it.
2: Well, no, it was at Coles. It was all through Coles. So Mm. it was uh, very genuine. It was off the back of the micro figures. We did the little AFL Lego men at Coles before that. So, um, (laughs) yeah, it was a good experience to deal with big business. And and knowing that I'd walk into a meeting thinking uh, I had all these great ideas and I had all this marketing plan, and they said, no, young fellow, this is what we're going to do from here. This is what we're going to pay you. This is what you're going to get out of it. And, uh, I learned very quickly that big business runs the joint.
1: Uh, very true. Be, hopefully you can, you can still find my invoice and I can actually get paid for my role.
2: Hey, Maxie.
1: <laughs> Maxie, are you excited? Are you genuinely excited on the eve? I mean, this bring back flooding memories of sort of 13 years ago, the parade, the whole grand final experience.
2: Yeah, I am for sure. I think I think more than anything, um, probably excited for the kids uh, that yeah, they get to experience it all. They going back five years, so uh, I'm taking the two boys along. My daughter Miller hasn't got much interest at all, so she's not coming. But um, the boys are a ten and seven, so if you go back five years, obviously. Uh, They didn't really have an understanding of what was going on as much as what they do today. So to be able to sit with them in the crowd and be part of it with them um, is going to be something that's going to be a pretty cool experience. So just hoping it's a a cracking game and obviously uh, we'll be in hard for the black and white. Maxie, it's Garrick Ibbotson here, mate. I want to talk a little bit about the, the crowd. So Brisbane last week played in front of about 36,000 for their prelim. Collingwood played in front of 96. I think Brisbane are probably the better side this year, but I think Collingwood get it done because the MCG in the crowd is just going to overwhelm Brisbane. Having played as much footy there as you have, do you actually get used to it? How do you communicate when there's 100,000 people screaming at the same time? Yeah, it's a good point, Gary. Um, I think when we were at our best, what we'd actually um, taught the defenders to do was we kept looking around to identify each other and look basically hand signals. Um, so it got so loud there through that sort of 2009, 10, 11 seasons where we couldn't actually communicate from sort of 50 metres away. So we had to actually do that and, and be able to talk to each other about swapping matchups or come back a bit, go forward a bit, et cetera. So um, it certainly had a huge impact. Uh, and I think probably, hell, I noticed it was a big one and, and it was unfortunate obviously off the back of the Maynard's um, race or stuff. But um, when the Melbourne um, people started booing um, Maynard, They'd go for about two seconds and then they'd just be like all the Collingwood noise cheering go over the top of it. And it was just <laughs> deafening. You couldn't even hear what was going on. So um, if people think that they don't have an impact, then um, they probably haven't been to the ground before because it is pretty amazing how um, how they can have that impact and how they can get behind their team.
0: Hey, Maxie, Collingwood's really, really good at uh, embracing their past players and also uh, bringing in... Uh they past players to chat to the boys. Have you been in at all this week as the as the last premiership captain of the football club and and imparted any wisdom? Uh I don't know if there was any
2: wisdom there, off. <laughs> yes I was in there. Um, yeah, I was fortunate enough, uh, Fly invited uh, or, or asked if I'd go in and, and organise some of the 2010 boys, so uh, I've got a few of those boys down there um, to speak to the team and to the footy apartment just to get some of their experiences So um, and apart from that as you say, we've, we've been big on really embracing probably over the last five or six years it's been building to, to get our past players back and um, I think, and, and you and Gabe, you know exactly what it's like. Is yeah, when you finish, and I know actually, Ox, uh, OX, you got sacked from most clubs, but um, for a lot of retired, yeah, retired from you know, Collingwood. <laughs> <Shut up. laughs> um, basically, when your career finishes, you get sacked. Like everyone thinks they've got more time uh, and more fuel in the tank, but unfortunately, that's the way it goes. And it takes you a little bit to to refine your identity and who you are, so it's good to be able to, um, I guess, have that support and, and still be embraced by the club. Sherrod Wellingham caught the the red-eye cross on uh, Wednesday night so he could be there for the Thursday because he, he was invited back and uh, and said that he just it so much being part of the Sanctum again.
1: In regards to uh, Craig McRae and the the lightness of the way he seems to go about coaching him, Maxie, and then you you know, you you know played under some intense coaches in your time at Colin Mick, first and foremost, uh, obviously Bucks is a pretty intense character as well. But just tell us a bit about the fact is about uh, uh, Craig McRae and how, how his style seems to have created this whole different aura and feeling around the pies.
2: yeah I think it's probably two factors the first one is uh, the, the way that he goes about it he's a very positive person he likes to look at the positives but I think that you, we can't forget and, and people probably don't realise that he's an absolute competitive beast like he is obsessed with winning and wants to win at all costs so um, he's certainly that's that's for um front of front of his mind is that he wants to win. Um but he is very relaxed in the way he goes about it. And, and I think the second factor is it's it's sort of a generation coming through now where you can't be as hard on them and they take things to heart a little bit more. So um those conversations have to be different than what they've ever been in the past. And I know um just dealing in business and working with people in business when you've got sort of guys in their, in their 20s now, um, guys and girls, that um, it's a very different conversation to what it was going back sort of 10 years ago uh, in the way that you speak to them and the way that, I guess, they identify with different ways um, that you motivate them. So uh, he's been able to, to combine those two things really well and, and people have probably embraced it and, and seen the way he's gone about it and it just sort of builds. It just has that flowing effect as it, as it goes on and you get success.
0: Hey mate, we, we spoke to Licker just before, and we know how excited he is. And um, we, I'm not sure he knows what day is at the moment. He's had a big week, the great <laughs> man. But, uh, uh, yeah, but being one of the, uh, I guess, the instrumental figures in appointing Craig McRae, uh, I know he's exceptionally proud of, of where the club's at at the moment. I imagine you f- feel exactly the same, mate, because a lot of the things that I saw you doing in your, you know, your leadership and, and, and cultural role that you were performing under Nathan Buckley, a lot of that is has gone in and moved into exactly the way Craig McRae coaches. So, I mean, you sit back now and look at a lot of things that you implemented in in your time and go, that's still working, that's, you know, that's working beautifully and I've had a big impact here? Uh,
2: Oh, look, it's not, definitely not about patting anyone on the back and sort of taking any credit for Ox, but certainly I'm very proud that um, I was passionate about or still am passionate about the past players and trying to support them and help um, players with their post-career. So that's certainly something that, um, as I said, your identity is a big part of that. and, And you've been a footballer your whole life. You're a footballer, you're a footballer, you're a footballer. And then when that's taken away from you, You sort of you have this bit of an emptiness about you, Um, so to be able to try and bring back as many as we can, and uh, really get I guess feel supported and feel like there is, um, you can go back to the club at any stage. That's something that um, I am really proud of. That that's something that that we stand for now as a football club, and we've had to build into. And and Craig's obviously just taken the next level from there. So. Probably the other thing that I, I love is that uh, he really big on embracing the whole club because um, I think in the end, you, as supporters, you, you're there to bear for the guys that wear the jumper. Um, and obviously a couple of the coaches is great. You know who they are, but there's – another 50 um, football staff behind the scenes that um, are sort of faceless and, and obviously administration as well that put in all this time and all this effort. And you want to see them get some great rewards as well and get some appreciation for what they do.
1: Nick Maxwell is our guest, the 2010 Collingwood Premiership captain.
2: Nick, when you, um, when you won your Premiership in 2010, when you're looking from the outside in, your first thought is that it's obviously pure elation. Does there ever a little bit of a, a shift to relief after a season of playing everything out, the whole build-up of the grand final, getting to the end and actually having won the game, is it—is it a bit of relief that you've got there across the line or is it all just pure happiness and elation for the team? Oh, my relief was very quick, mate, because uh, I thought that I'd lead a team that stuffed it up the week before. Uh, we got very lucky to get through <laughs> that, that first week and um, everyone's seen my interview that I can't ever take back. It's uh, stuck <laughs> on YouTube forever where I said it's a joke and there shouldn't be any more tours uh, At least I can say is that I was... I was proven right in the end, <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it is. It was certainly a relief for me that you you got one, um, and they can't take it away from you. And and probably the other part, mate, was that um, a, a few weeks after that, I was lucky enough to tour a Country of Victoria, um, stopping at all the all the small towns for a few weeks and take the cup with me, and to have like people lined up and and eighty year old men bawling their eyes out, holding the cup mm. and shaking like those type of experiences. You don't really appreciate. Because you're paid to go out and do a job, and as much as you love it and it means the world you to do it, you don't realise the flow effect that that can have. And I've probably had, hand on heart, 40-odd people uh, who have told me since that... Um uh, my my mother died or my sister died or my uncle or something um, in the weeks after the grand final or the months after and the last time we were ever together, the last memory of a family was that grand final and winning one and either being there or being in the family at a barbecue watching it together and um, those type of things. It, you just don't ever expect to hear any of that. So uh, to know the flow and effect of it always probably the, the second factor that came out of it outside of that relief.
0: Mate, uh, before we let you go, thank you very much for your time. Always good to uh, to hear your voice. Give us uh, obviously you think Collingwood's going to win by how much? Give me a Norm Smith and and give me the one I like asking. Give me an X factor, a player that maybe not one of the stars, but someone who could have a big one that could turn the uh, turn the game. I'm
2: going to go Collingwood by a point because that seems to be the way <laughs> they win most of their games. <laughs> please, no. Years, please no, please no. I couldn't handle it. Norm <laughs> um, Smith. I think Norm Smith, uh, I'm going to go with Jordan DeGoey. I think that um, yes. he had a big final a couple of weeks ago, and I know that he's uh, he's got a point to prove he wants to be the one who plays plays well in finals. Um, and the X Factor, from a Collingwood perspective, uh, I, I don't know what they do in the inner sanctum. I don't even know this guy at all, but um, Billy Frampton coming in. I think one of the most important players on the ground is Harris Andrews, and he's an absolute um, monster and star of the competition. Yep. And um, I would love to see Billy Frampton go to him and, and basically do uh, WWE, uh, WWE and just wrestle and, and push <laughs> him around and, and just have him have no influence and basically try and get a nil or draw there and play that real defensive role, just bringing the ball to ground. If, if he could do something like that, that would be the X factor to me to take out uh, one of the absolute stars in the competition. Maxie, enjoy the day. Thanks, James. Appreciate it. Good on you, brother.
1: Nick Maxwell joining us, the Collingwood captain, of course, and premiership skipper from 2010. Boy, has got to get a breakaway. Snap Fitness for the feeling, the Snap Judgment for the weekend. Snap Fitness has you covered. Visit your local Snap Fitness to find out more, snapfitness.com.au. I'll make a Snap Judgment right here, right now, that the first bounce of the grand final tomorrow will be sideways <laughs> and be recalled. <laughs> and be recalled. Oh, and, that so and that will officially end Ruin the, the bounce. <laughs> 100,000 people. Uh,
0: We'll we'll hear it thump on the deck. It'll go up beautifully, and it'll be on for young and old.
1: Bring it back. Sorry, boys. (laughs) My bad. Thank you very much. (laughs) Let's get a breakaway and come back, and then we're going to dissect the grand final. With Gary Gibson, thanks to Fleet Network. And don't forget, Beaumont Tiles is giving away your chance to win a trip for two to America's footy's biggest game. So over $70,000 worth. This is quite remarkable. Just uh, shop in store at Beaumont's before November 12, and you're in with a chance. T's and C's apply. WA's Novated Leasing Special can save you thousands on your dream car.